welcome to Brain Chat. I'm Dr. Mitzi Joy Williams, your board-certified neurologist and MS specialist, and my mission is to engage, educate, and empower those affected by MS to become an active part of their healthcare team. Here on Brain Chat, we'll be discussing all things MS, health and wellness, advocacy, and we'll even throw a little bit of music and music therapy in there as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and stay tuned for the next episode. Hello, friends. Happy Monday and welcome to Brain Chat. I'm Dr. Mitzi, your board-certified neurologist and MS doc, and I am so, so excited to be back with you all tonight um, with one of my super friends, Mindy Eisenberg. Um, And also, Brain Chat wants to welcome one of our new sponsors. We do have sponsors. Uh, We want to welcome Biogen IDEC as our new sponsor. And also, for more information about our other sponsor, Jansen, you can go to moretoms.com. All right. Very, very good. So you guys know how we do on Brain Chat. Log in, type in the comments, tell me where you all are logging in from. I bid you greetings from Atlanta, Georgia, which is muggy and a little rainy, um, but certainly not as warm as it was over the weekend. So happy for a little bit of reprieve from that. Um, And very excited to be back with you all after a couple of weeks off to talk about a topic that I think is extremely important. Um, And as Mindy and I were kind of briefly discussing before the program, we got a lot of ways that we can go and talking about imbalance, right? So, you know, one of the things that we think about when we think about physical symptoms of MS, we know we have physical symptoms, but we also have invisible symptoms, right? So we have things that are very easy for people to grasp, um, you know, as disabling, and certainly difficulty walking is one of those. But oftentimes when people think about difficulty walking, they think about weakness, and they may not necessarily think about imbalance. Um, And so I think it's something really important to talk about. And I think that also in thinking about imbalance, we can think about imbalance in terms of walking as well as imbalance in terms of our emotions. I mean, there are lots of things that can be imbalanced, um, not just for people living with MS, but for all of us in general. So I think there's a lot for us to learn and I'm looking forward to an amazing discussion with Mindy Eisenberg, who is the founder of Yoga Moves MS. She is no stranger to brain chat and I'm going to bring you in the stream, Mindy, so we can get the party started. Hello. 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 So good to be here with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is absolutely my pleasure to have you back on Brain Chat and talk about, you know, a topic that I think is really important, but also, you know, to spend to spend some focus on yoga, which is something that I talk to my patients about constantly, almost at every visit. You know, I advise people to, you know, start a yoga program and I talk about the benefits of yoga. So I am super excited, even about some of the things that we discussed briefly before the program um, to get into. Um, And we're going to go ahead and get started. So Mindy, you know, you've been on the show before, but I always ask all of my guests to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into working with MS. Sure, sure. So I was a hospital administrator after I graduated and transitioned. um, Once I had my kids, I transitioned to playing with yoga and doing it myself and then realized that I wanted to teach it. And that was about 10 years later. So I got a lot of practice in. And I think someone out there knew that I was supposed to be doing this. My mother had primary progressive MS. So I lived with someone who had the, the body kept you know, progressing. There was nothing out there like there is now. And I venture to say there were no doctors like you out there at the time. I don't know how many specialists were even, I don't remember my mother having an MS specialist. She probably had a neurologist. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the PTs like afraid, the physical therapist afraid, told her not to move, you know, Mm. it would make it worse. Mm. Now we know that that's so different. Absolutely. When you talk about balance, One of the memories I have is how well we got to know the fire department Mm. (laughs) in our house. Right. And so as a little girl, I remember, you know, trying to help her and we got kind of good at graceful at falling down. Mm. Um, And then either a neighbor or somebody would have to come over and, and help. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, And so, you know, in thinking about imbalance, you know, that is certainly one of the consequences that can be, you know, in some cases very devastating, you know, for people who have chronic conditions like MS, you know, certainly falling, you know, you can run the risk of breaking something. Also, there are cases if you live by yourself where you don't have anyone that can come and help you immediately, you know, so, you know, one of the big reasons we certainly want to treat imbalances because we want people mobile and able to move around, but we also don't want them falling down and hurting themselves or being stuck somewhere for extended periods of time. And what we find is, as you say that, um, when people are concerned about their balance and their safety, it seems to make it worse. Mm. So, that's one of the reasons. I know we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so before we get into, you know, the the nooks and crannies, let's just kind of take a 50,000 foot view and talk about what is imbalance, right? So when I think about imbalance, I think about, you know, people who, you know, uh, difficulty walking. Um, a lot of my patients say they feel like they're uh, veering to one side, uh, mm-hmm. like they look like they're drunk. You know, that's often how people describe it. Um, but there takes a couple of there are a couple of different things that help us to be able to be balanced. So certainly vision helps us being able to see where we're going. Also our inner ear, you know, can help us. And those who've ever had, you know, vertigo or things like that know that if that inner ear is off, that balance is going to be off. And then something else that helps us is our ability to kind of know where we are in space or something called proprioception, you know, so being able to feel. So if I have people who have numbness or tingling or lack of sensation in their feet, their balance can also be off as well. Um, And then, of course, there's damage to certain parts of the brain, like the back of the brain called the cerebellum, which can cause something called ataxia, where people are just kind of off balance and either veering to one side or just can't, you know, be able to walk a straight line. So what do you think of or, or what are the most common things that you hear from people when they talk about imbalance? I think they talk about how one side feels weaker than the other, you mm-hmm. know, um, people who have foot drop talk about that. Um, I do hear some dizziness. Mm-hmm. Um, when they talk about balance there, there's usually frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I see when they walk in the room is, well, this is a, it, sometimes they're using a cane or a walker and sometimes it'll be like, where is your cane or your walker? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, it's in the car in case I need it. Mm, so how's it going to help us in the car, in the trunk? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's magic. No, actually right. I made the cane now is a yoga prop. Nice to make sure you bring it inside with you or make sure that it's close to you. When I do it, well, what's a little bit different, like from yoga and yoga therapy is we do a little bit of an intake or an assessment just to ask people, find out where they're at. And one of the questions that's really telling for a yoga teacher is, do you use assistance to ambulate? Mm. That immediately tells us, you know, what kind of environment they're going to need or props or um, how to approach certain poses, really our whole practice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's talk about what is the difference between yoga and yoga therapy? Is there a difference? Are they the same thing? You know, way back when, when yoga was um, created, it um, we're talking thousands of years ago, they probably were not that different. Mm-hmm. The main reason yoga was um, birthed was because the people who meditated wanted to be able to sit. Mm. So they needed to move their body before they could be able to sit. A yoga therapist, you know, now we've got this fast paced, hot yoga, um, all different kinds of yoga, all Mm -hmm. different kinds of yoga, Mm -hmm. fast, slow, restorative. There's yoga nidra, which is more of going into a deep sleep resting, um, but also helps get into the emotional layers. Um, and so yoga therapy is usually trying to help somebody with some type of condition. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, which is the sister science to yoga, mm-hmm. 
Um, they look more at Ayurveda doesn't call it a condition like necessarily MS. It's mm -hmm. more about um, the, the way the body's presenting and it's based on the, the elements in the earth, like earth, mm -hmm. water, air, fire, space. Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit different. We'll get, we won't get too much in that, but when you talk about balance, so Ayurveda is actually all about what's in what's not in balance. Mm -hmm. like, let's say you have, you could understand this one, right? What if you have too much fire in you? You know, so if you have too much fire, you're going to burn from an Ayurvedic Vedic standpoint. So you want right. to have more cooling foods or you want right. more cooling practice or right. people with MS very often um, their symptoms are exacerbated by heat. Mm -hmm. Um, so we want to change the practice based on that. And really Ayurveda is about lifestyle. So changing mm. your lifestyle as opposed to just what happens on the mat. Right. Right. I love that, you know, because I think it's so important. And one of the things that I really try to emphasize is the importance of empowerment and people knowing what they can do to help themselves. Because oftentimes with MS, people do feel helpless in some sense um, because it's so unpredictable um, and want tools and things that they can do to help themselves to improve, you know, their health mentally, physically, et cetera. And I, I think that yoga is an extremely um useful and amazing tool to help do that. And the benefits are not just physical, but also there are mental and emotional benefits. Um, but before we get into that, you know, so how do we know? So, you know, I have a lot of people um, who, you know, got diagnosed with MS and they may have had problems. And one of the common things people say is, oh, I thought I was just clumsy because I was tripping, yeah. right? So how do you know that you've gotten to the point where you have a problem and you need to do something about it? Or should we look at it more like do something about it before you have a problem? And what are kind of the, the pros of cons and cons of approaching it that way? See, well, so from a yogic perspective, if we do practice as a routine, then we know when the body's off, you know, mm. because we're tuning inward. Right. And so the messages come through probably clearer and quicker from that. And we may stave some of it off. Mm. You know, I don't think it's going to, is it a cure for the disease? No way. Right. Um, but we become more aware of what's going on in our body. That's that proprioception you were talking about. And so we are aware of what's in the body and what's outside of the body. And I think that I've seen people tell me that I've seen it and they've told me that they have been able to prevent, you know, the ataxia or the, um, the weakness from focusing on it rather mm -hmm. than because you know, when we look at anxiety or you, you think something's wrong, so the tendency is push it away, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deal with that now. Um, push it away. Get it out of here. But with yoga, you, and you're sitting on your mat, and it's just you and the mat. Right. So it's knocking at your door. Mm -hmm. But then you can do something about it because right. you are empowered. You have these tools that are – your toolbox is filled Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that is extremely important. And one of the things that, you know, I've been looking into myself is this concept um, of what we call prehabilitation, right? I'm sure you may have heard of that, right? So when people get ready for surgeries, let's say if somebody's getting ready to have a knee yeah. surgery or yeah. some type of orthopedic surgery, a shoulder or something, yes. basically they want you in the best condition possible yes. before you have that procedure, right? So you're trying to work out to the best of your ability, build that muscle mass, et cetera, so that when you reach that point where you have that insult or that you know, trauma that happens, you're in better condition so that hopefully you won't fall down as far or it'll be easier for you to bounce back up. And so that's one of the ways that I look at, you know, doing things proactively, like doing yoga programs, et cetera, before you have or before you get into trouble, because we want you be, to be functioning as best you can so that if you do encounter, you know, an issue, you know, you already kind of have some of those tools, as you said, in your toolbox to be able to combat that. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I think that the more tools, you know, we have and with yoga, 
you can build different, you know, neuroplasticity, right? Those neural pathways. And because there's so many poses and we can vary them in so many different ways, you're really preparing your body. Mm -hmm. I know that if I start my day, it's kind of like prevention, right? Um, starting the day with the routine of the meditation um, or a breathing practice, because there are these different levels of practice. Some people's yoga practice looks like breathing. Some people's yoga practice looks like meditation. Some people's yoga practice looks like active yoga poses, and some looks like restorative or a mixture of any of those. Mm -hmm. So we have all these different tools. And variety, I think, is best. Mm -hmm. Now, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, but I was just, I always go back to that because it gives me this sense of how do I organize my life? So if you know what we say is opposites. So, you know, if you know that you're having weakness, of course, intuitively, you want to practice some strengthening poses, mm -hmm. but it's, but what Ayurveda says is usually it's the likes that attract, right? So, oh, I'm really flexible. So I'm going to go for all those poses where I do the splits, whatever. But that's not necessarily what the body needs, mm. right? So the body might, like, I tend to be a little bit hypermobile. So really my focus should be on alignment and strengthening. Right. You know, right. strengthening isn't what I need as much as I love it. Mm -hmm. But we kind of go for what, you know, it's kind of like like attracts like. Right. So instead, that whole, like if you look at the yin and yang mm -hmm. symbol, right? Like right. that, that's the balancing act. Yeah. So, you know, so really, you know, sometimes the things that we may be attracted to, for instance, I used to work out a lot in the gym and I liked the way my legs look. So I spent all my time on my legs, <laughs> but I really probably need to be working on my arms a little bit more. <laughs> so I definitely can yeah. identify with that, you know. Um, and so how does one know what they need to be doing or how does a person know where to start, right? So let's say we have someone who's like, my balance is off. I'm having some difficulty. Dr. Mitzi told me, go do some yoga, right? Yeah. How do we yeah. know we're doing the right thing? Yeah. You know, how do people get started? So finding a great teacher, you know, mm -hmm. near you. Um, we do, Yoga Moves MS has several online practices. I sometimes teach privately. A lot of people come for the group, small group classes. So having somebody who's really good at that assessment from a yoga therapist, you know, that's ideal is mm -hmm. to have the yoga therapy assessment. Um, but a lot of people either um, can't afford that, are a little scared of it. So they could dip their toes in the water for perhaps with a chair yoga class and then mm -hmm. see how that is for them. And if it's too hard, they can back off to, we have like an intro to yoga class. And um, sometimes that's a great way to go. And um, if it's too easy or they prefer to be on the floor, then, you know, we go for that modification. If you go into a mainstream yoga class and you're already feeling imbalanced, that could really throw you. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people who come to me who've been prior yogis and still feel, you know, thrown off by how they're going to do it. Um, and so I, I'm always on a crusade to say, you know, the anxiety is there. Mm -hmm. I know it's there because our, I've been teaching yoga for MS for 18 years. Wow. Yeah. And that flyer has been in doctor's office way before um, COVID and before we could send everything out through email. And people would tell me it sat in their desk drawer because they were afraid to go. Mm. So part of it is how do you get started? You asked, do it. Right. You know, find a good teacher, feel confident about it, that you're in a safe place. Right. You know, and I think that, you know, it's so important what you said, right, is that you have to start somewhere. One of the things that I really try to emphasize, especially, you know, about yoga is that there's a level for everyone, right? I remember my first yoga class, you know, 15 years ago when I was living in Augusta. Um, and at the time I moved to a new city, I didn't really have any friends. So I spent a lot of time at the gym. So I took yoga classes, I took Pilates, and I took everything, right? But really fell in love with yoga. And the thing that I love is that 
there's a level for everyone, you know, so you don't have to be intimidated because you don't have to be able to stand on your head or, you know, twist your leg around and do a split. You don't have to be able to do that from the beginning or to have a successful practice, you know, but you do have to take that first step and start somewhere. You absolutely do. And, you know, part of the practice is like, the, the worry is, what if I can't do that? Mm-hmm. But actually, it's part of the practice. You realize that as you start to practice, you go, oh, so I could try it this way. I could do it that way. Nope, my body's telling me I should back off from this now. And that's true, too. I had an injury, and I have this hypermobile shoulder, and I really wanted to do handstand. But I, the practice for me was no handstand. Right. You know, that's probably not a great example, but we have to acknowledge, you know, an injury and and work with it. And you can go in a class and do part of the class and not all of the class. A lot of people always say, go down to child pose, go into a resting pose, Mm -hmm. take a break. As long as you're breathing, you're doing yoga. Um, And the breath really, we, we haven't talked about that yet. But the breath is an indicator of how balanced we're feeling. Mm. Tell me a little bit more about that. So let's just say the, we got hyperventilating going, like we're barely exhaling, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or holding breath. Well, surely that is going to throw our balance off. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we have an even inhale and an even exhale, that's more of we're, we're going to feel more in balance. Mm. And so the, the breath practice alone can change the way we feel. We almost always start the class and that's where you could start with the breathing practice. Um, and let's say your inhale is longer than your exhale. Like sometimes it's holding the breath and there's barely any exhale. So we over time try to get those even. And it just kind of happens as a body. It's not like you have to force this to happen. The body's got this intuitive power too. So you start focusing on your breath and the body starts to even out very often mm-hmm. just by focusing on it. People love the invitation to focus on their breath. And I find, you know, not everybody wants to close their eyes right away. hmm Cause that's nice too. I, I find that many people do, but they love the invitation to, we live in such a busy world to, to find an anchor with a breath. Mm. And, but then other people are afraid, right? So we got mm. that other, they're afraid because they're afraid they're going to lose their focus. Mm. So let's talk about that. that? (laughs) Yeah. So, so let's talk about that, right? You know, that focusing on the breath, uh, you know, one of the benefits of yoga that I talk to my patients about very frequently is, you know, focusing on that breath really allows us to quiet the mind, right? You know, and if you're trying to balance, as you said, it's very difficult to balance when our mind is all over the place. And when, you know, we've got all these other things going on. And as we begin to focus on that breath, you know, we begin to feel more balanced. So, you know, I I think that that's an extremely important point um, because, you know, the benefits are not just physical, but also mental, right? Uh, And you touched on anxiety a little bit earlier, but let's talk about that and how yoga helps with that. So yoga is like a balancing act, right? Mm -hmm. So when we, first of all, I think from a physical level, when there's anxiety, helping the body move, you know, if we're in a tight contracted position from anxiety, which many of us are right now. Mm -hmm. So opening up and letting that energy kind of lengthen out or vacate, right? I have a teacher um, who has a spinal cord injury and um, he's a very advanced yoga teacher and he says, let it out. So he Mm. has a lot of spasticity. So the first thing he does in the morning is like, let it out, you know? So I think that, um, and and he's really, um, he was one of the first people who taught me about rooting down. When someone's anxious, they can get very helter-skelter up towards the brain area. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 
but they don't feel grounded down in their feet. Mm -hmm. And I know people say, oh, but I'm numb. I can't feel my feet. And you know what his answer is? You do have a sensation. So he's got um, an injury. I think it's from like T, let's say T4, T5. So he Mm -hmm. doesn't Mm -hmm. feel. Right. So that's the thoracic spine, the middle spine, which controls things from basically that waist area or a little bit above the waist area down to the lower extremities. Yes. Legs. So he had to find a way to find a base for his body, which he considers the spine and the sitting bones. And so, but it's also, it is the, it, for him, it is those, it is rooting down through the sitting bones in a chair. Mm-hmm. And he will take his hands and press them into his thighs, which has, you know, if your feet, if you're seated and you push your hands down into your thighs and your feet are touching down to the earth, that helps you to root and press down because mm-hmm. there's all this helter-skelter energy in our world. With mm-hmm. And especially when some, you know, the anxiety is all, it's energy that's all over. Right. So it brings it more into control, alignment. Right. Um, right. And that is something that the poses, you know, almost every pose, whether it's seated mountain pose, the basic pose, which is seated in a chair with your feet on the earth or standing, we start by rooting down the feet with mm-hmm. all those different receptors at the bottom of the feet and traveling mm-hmm. up the ankles and the hips and the neck. And, um, but that's where it, it starts. So we've got an even breath and we're feeling sensation in our body, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because numbness is a sensation. Right. So we're, te- so we've got the sen- we've got the anchor in the breath. That's one of our tools, a very, very, very important tool. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the anchor in sensation in the body. And that's how we get this whole mind, body, spirit connection um, that perhaps differs from other types of exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. You know, and I think that, you know, as you're talking about being rooted and grounded, you know, again, kind of. Uh, being aware of the sensations in our body is extremely important, right? I think about it when I first started practicing yoga 15 years ago, I remember my first class, um, the teacher kept telling me to take my shoulders out of my ears, right? And so I'm sitting there and she's like, she's like, put your shoulders down. And I'm like, okay. And then she would come back by and whisper again, put your shoulders down. I'd be like, okay. But I didn't realize that I was walking around like this all the time, right? And so, you know, being aware of where your body is in space, right? The benefits are not just while you're doing that practice, but throughout the day, right? As you're aware of where you're on space, you know, I can now say, oh my God, why are my shoulders up in my ears, right? I can do that even if I'm not doing yoga at the time. So when you have that consistent practice, it benefits you, you know, throughout, you know, other aspects of your life, even when you're not doing it right at that moment. You realize your shoulders are in I know. I was like, oh my God. More of it, and then you can drop them down. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes there all this contractions going on. Most, almost all of us have, you know, tension going on in the trap area and the neck area. Whenever I ask students, you know, where, where do you want me to focus? It's so often the shoulder and the neck area. Right, right. Um, and so we call yoga an internal massage. Like you can go have someone do it to you, which is awesome. And I think that's very therapeutic, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's awesome. But yoga is an internal body massage that you can do for yourself. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now your shoulders up and back and around, right? That feels good. It does. It does. Now, let's go back to something that we were talking about before we started the show, right? So we talked about proprioception, right? Which is kind of feeling where our bodies are in space. But you used another term that I found very fascinating called introception. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not sure who coined this word, but I have definitely seen it in the yoga therapy journals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's the awareness from inside. Mm. So you know, we find, I find even like, um, they could be an excellent athlete, you know, 
at a sport, but not. And of course, they're going to have that awareness with whatever they do. But um, when you take it into another environment, they may not be so aware. Plus, we're kind of so we've got this space around us. And you're like, what do you mean the space around me? But where is your body in that space? Right. You know, what happens if you put your arm up over your head or you take it out to the side? How do you feel different? What if one arm is up and one arm is down? Now, how does that feel outside? But how does it feel inside? Mm-hmm. Inside. What's what's going on inside? What do you feel? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah. that you can really start to get into those nuances of you, as you practice this, you start to notice and have a little bit more of um, familiarity with different muscle groups mm-hmm. and how to move the body. And when we move, how does it hurt? Right. People get carpal tunnel from sitting at the desk, right? That's one way they get it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there's many different ways to get it, but the idea is that you don't notice it till you go to the doctor and they say, uh, you know, you say, my wrist is hurting. My wrist is hurting. I don't know why. So we become more conscious of how we're holding our hands on the mm-hmm. keyboard. So this is a more proactive way mm-hmm. to become aware of which repetitive movements perhaps are causing some type of injury. Mm. And I also think of it as developing different neuropathways because when we become more familiar with what's going on in the body in different poses, like if you're doing a big wide pose, like a triangle pose where the arms and the legs are wide and you're taking up space. Mm -hmm. So you're taking up space around you, like take it up, own it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Feel it. Yeah. And notice, perhaps, is my weight, you know, in, in an asymmetrical pose. So asymmetrical could be just one arm's up and one arm is down, right? So something where one side of the body is doing one thing and the other side's doing something else. You can become aware of the side's feeling a little bit heavier, the side's mm-hmm. feeling a little bit lighter. This side feels like I'm rolling out on my foot or I'm rolling in or, you know, it feels like my ankle's going to buckle or you become so, because yoga is focusing on the whole body, you become aware the bottom of your feet all the way up, you know, a good practice. And it could just be a few poses tunes you into the whole body. So Mm -hmm. that interoception is woken up. You're waking it up. A lot of people don't, we don't, including me, we all have habit patterns. Yes. And, but when we have a practice like this, we become so much more aware of it. Like, oh, this chair is kind of low for me, or um, it, it's, it's, it needs more of a cushion to lift my hips up. Yeah. You know, so my yeah. spine is taller. We become more aware of our posture. Yeah. I have horrible posture. I'm working on it, but <laughs> that word is like a you say posture and people like they look down like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Until my back starts hurting, then I'm like, ah, maybe I need to talk about posture. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I love that, right? So that awareness, right? Um, awareness of where you are in space, awareness how different movements affect your body, you know. And one of the things that I think um, is extremely important, again, when we're talking about MS, we talk a lot about adjustment, right? So, you know, um, we talk a lot about adjusting to new normals, but something that I also talk about is the fact that, you know, our society kind of has this thought of no pain, no gain. You keep going till you pass out. But if you do that with MS, you pay for it on the back end, right? So that awareness can also help you so that you won't just keep ignoring whatever that sensation is until it gets to a point where you're really in trouble. Now, Um, knocking on your door, like, that's it. Exactly. It's like, sit down, stop it. Whatever you're doing, stop doing that and do something else. Yeah. So I think that that's so extremely, um, you know, vital and important, you know, to living well, you know, with this uh, condition. What so are some, know go when ahead. it's causing, um, excuse me. No, 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 go ahead. Know when, it's, 
we have to, in order for the no pain, all gain, mm-hmm. we have to know what's causing the pain. And very mm-hmm. often we turn that off and we don't want to pay attention to it. Right. And so that's what this practice does. It says, oh, that's happening. And oh, if I adapt that, I'm not in pain anymore. Mm, (laughs) So it can help alleviate or lessen Mm -hmm. some of the pain or prevent it from even happening. Right. So we know that yoga definitely is a benefit for imbalance, right? And then certainly people also can do things like traditional physical therapy in addition to yoga or other exercises. They are sister sciences. I really feel that the OTs, the PTs, we, we are on the same wavelength. Um, mm-hmm. Our approaches, our training maybe is, is it, well, it has, it's different, right? You know, mm-hmm. like a yoga therapist is usually looking at the whole body. Like one of the first things I do in a yoga therapy um, assessment is have them sit or stand, you know, in mountain pose. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot out of that right there. We could spend hours on that. <laughs> In mountain pose. Yeah, I will. <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, might be a little tough. Static, you know? Um, but, and yeah, and a PT is going to come at it from much more specific, usually very more, much more specific standpoint. If I was doing a yoga therapeutic, I probably still wouldn't get as specific as the PT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what other symptoms um, can yoga help? So we talked about imbalance. What other symptoms can be helped or improved with a yoga practice, a regular yoga practice? Well, I'm going to talk from my students' perspective because they know best, right? So mm-hmm. they tell me that fatigue, you know, mm-hmm. it really helps fatigue. You know, you know how like it, it's really hard, right? You're feeling fatigued and getting on the mat or doing the practice is tough. But there's always a change in people's faces around a quarter or halfway through the class. It's like you wake up, right? Wake up, waking up. Um, In fact, that's the name of my teacher's book is called Waking, you know, Mm. waking. Um, And that's what we're doing. And people so people tell me they sleep better. Their fatigue is better. It does help spasticity. Mm -hmm. And. The more you do it, of course, the more it's going to help. Again, it won't alleviate it totally. But if we go for that whole prevention, like I'm not spastic now, but if we if we keep our flexibility, it's not like it all happens in one day. Right. They say in about a year of a practice, you might, you know, get to a certain range. Um, but it takes time to reach that you know, and, and your body changes. So what was good a year ago, you know, what Mm -hmm. every, the body is always changing and we're meeting the body where it's at. Right. Right. That's part of it. Um, so empowerment is huge. Mm -hmm. It is strengthening. People think of it as just stretching, but it's strengthening. And Mm -hmm. there are so many different poses that can get at that, including mountain pose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the breathing yeah. helps with the strengthening, especially that exhale is so key to core strengthening and the concentration and focus for people who feel brain fog. Yes. They feel more clarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, some, there's something, you know, there, when I first started yoga therapy, it was so fresh. We didn't have studies and we have a lot more studies now on yoga and meditation, but we still don't know what that quite that magic is about yoga, where people get that yoga glow, you know, mm. where is that coming from? And so mm. I really think it is mirroring this together, the breath yeah. movement. And some people like chanting and that mm-hmm. actually is part of the yoga practice as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I see a comment that I'd like for you to address. Um, and it says fatigue is so hard and it feels counterintuitive to move to help fatigue. And I hear that a lot from my patients, right? And you briefly touched on that, but a lot of people say I'm too tired to move and moving is going to make me more tired. So how does it help improve fatigue? Well, not moving is going to make you more tired too, right? Absolutely. 
Um, so I think one of the big things um, is the breath alone, because if that breath is not a rich breath and 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 by the way, I would say 50, 60 percent or more people do not breathe optimally. Mm. That I'm not pulling that out of a hat. I actually wow. might be underestimating mm-hmm. um, that we about 50 percent of people mouth breathe. Mm. Wow. So that will cause fatigue. I know that might not be the answer they were looking for, mm-hmm. but breathing an optimal breath through the nose, a deep breath or a low breath, the belly breathing, that alone can change our energy level. Mm-hmm. Um, movement is medicine. I used to stay away from that, but since I'm talking to you, I figure, you know. Yes. We talk about medicine, so we talk about, uh, you know, uh, approved medications, but we also talk about movement and music and other types of medicine. So definitely. Yes. So, you know, you mentioned music, putting something on. The chanting could be a way to start. The breathing could be a way to start. I think sometimes what's fatiguing is talking ourselves into actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, and, and if the fatigue is overwhelming. How about one or two poses and Mm -hmm. start there? Like this doesn't have to be big. Sometimes just taking your arms. Now they might not fully go up over your head, but to your range of motion, that alone can change how you feel. Just taking your arms up over your head. Mm -hmm. I love it. We can change our energy level. Let's say somebody's feeling really um, anxious. We were talking about that earlier. So that might be more of a restorative pose or very often a forward fold. So flexion where the torso and the spine are coming towards the legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that will be more calming for the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many, so many amazing benefits. So, you know, in thinking, um, cause we are getting close to our time here, we've been having a it really goes so fast. I know, rich discussion. <laughs> so how does someone get started? Okay. Mindy. All right. I live in uh, South Dakota and you I got know, someone from Iran today. I just have to oh, say. Wow. Well, we've got somebody from Toronto on the, uh, on the show. <laughs> That's you know, great. Who's tuning in, but not quite as far as Iran. Yeah, um, we had London earlier today. Nice. That was amazing. Nice, nice. So, so how do they practically get started, right? So what are some resources for someone who says, okay, this sounds really interesting. I don't know where to start. How do they get started with a yoga practice? I think so what they need to know is they don't have to have anything fancy. If they're going to start with chair yoga, then basic a basic folding chair that's sturdy, that's not going to fall, right? right? It is really nice. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice to have a sticky yoga mat mm-hmm. um, because that will help some stability. And yeah. you can get those anywhere, like anywhere, Walmart, anywhere. Amazon, Absolutely. all over the You can buy them for $10 or $20, you know, mm-hmm. and that is an awesome, um, it, it, you don't have to have a fancy yoga mat. Other than that, the props can be really found around your house. You don't have to buy anything fancy. I, If there's any concern about ambulation, like we said, if they're if someone is using a cane or a walker, I would definitely start in the chair. Now, mm-hmm. I do have some people who prefer to be down on the mat and do not want to be in the chair. And by the way, that's part of this whole balance thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like being empowered to get up and down. But you only want to do that if you have assistance nearby, if you've got everything set up so it's really safe, the chair against the wall, you know that you you never go down unless you know you can get up with help. Right. Right. Um, but so they can contact someone like me. There are there are um, different organizations around who offer adaptive yoga for MS. And we have intro sessions. So that's a great place to start. Um, meeting with a yoga therapist is an awesome way. It, you know, even just one time, just one time to kind of get that confidence going mm-hmm. is a great way to start. Um we are going to have a super, super soon, like I'm hoping next month, um, is an on-demand system. 
Oh, where nice. they'll be able to take. So we are getting people from around the world and sometimes it works out that the timing is good and sometimes it doesn't. So that's why we started the on demand. So people can pick a class and there will be ones that are just for beginners and they can play around a little bit and test as long as they commit to stay within safe rounds. And I think it's great to always ask your doctor, like, what do you think, you know, what should I do or what should I probably more like, what shouldn't I do? And then absolutely. Yeah. And then work from there. Yeah. 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 So those are all great points. Right. So, you know, very minimal props. Right. You know, um, you can find things around your house. You know, I've got yoga blocks and I've got blankets, but, you know, sometimes I'll get a towel or a a towel works, a blanket Mm -hmm. works, sometimes pillows work, a bath, um, a bathrobe, the belt to it. Mm-hmm. One that I we've started using a lot is leg lifters. So people use a leg lifter. We use that to help stretch. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the cane is one of the best props. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you can use a cane to do a side bend. You know, lifting the cane up over your head. You can use there. There's there's you can stretch your foot with it. You know, flex the toes towards you mm-hmm. with it. Get the little handle around there. Uh, there's some amazing things we can do with yeah. the pain. So, yeah. and if you don't have a block, you might use one of those exercise balls and squeeze it. And then of course, during COVID people started using toilet paper rolls instead of the block mm-hmm. between the thighs. So Smart. that works too. Smart. Listen, we learned all kinds of hacks during COVID, didn't we? We sure did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. So, you know, so you don't need a lot of equipment, you know, certainly there are resources. Now, how would someone find about, found out, find out about yoga therapists in their area? Is yes. there a place so where people there can is, look? It's called the International Association of Yoga Therapy. Mm-hmm. And so you can look up by region. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And if they can't, they can actually contact me and I'll get them in touch with someone. Um, Accessible Yoga is another organization that mm-hmm. has been um, keeping a kind of a storehouse of people who okay. work with adaptive yoga or accessible yoga. So that's awesome. another great way to do it. I The small group classes have been awesome. And I'm really, we haven't gotten back together yet that COVID strain has still been going around a bit where people aren't quite ready to be in the room yet together. Um, But the small group classes are awesome because Mm -hmm. talk about balance. It's the balance of the people in the room, like cheering each other on. Yeah. Right. And then making suggestions about how they might improve balance because this is what they do, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Meaning they make a suggestion. And I think like we, I am a facilitator. Yeah. Every, every idea, almost every idea is come from a student, you know, mm-hmm. all these creative ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we could sit on here and talk about it for another two hours, but you know, <laughs> there I is know. a time limit, unfortunately. Um, so what last tips or what tips would you give um, someone who may be on the fence or may be scared to start a yoga program? What what tips or what advice would you give them? I would say, and I have, I have some people say to me, is it okay if I just watch? <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Come watch, come watch, just try, you know, and maybe not think about it so much, but just dip your toes in, Yeah, dip your toes in. And I don't think you'll be sorry. You could start with just learning regular breathing. You could learn what's called alternate nostril breath. And there's a lot on there on um, YouTube about alternate nostril breath to balance out just even developing a little bit of a routine for your day, you know, starting out by breathing before you get out of bed, like take 10 breaths and just watch those breaths Mm -hmm. and feel them and tune in, tune in before you even step out of bed would be a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, put your feet up the wall. (laughs) So in bed, if your bed is against a wall or put your feet up on the chair or put your feet up on a stack of pillows in bed and feel just the restorative of your feet going up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what we're trying to do is actually 
turn ourselves kind of upside down and sideways in yoga. So just try, try some, what, who was it who said, try something you are scared of every day. Was that Eleanor Roosevelt who said? May have been. It's try something you're scared of every day. And mm-hmm. I always tell my kids and like, let's get rid of the word try. Let's mm-hmm. just, let's just do it. Just, let's just do, let's just do one pose. How about one stretch? See how it feels. See how mm-hmm. it feels. If you feel pain, let it go a little bit, you know, release it, go back mm-hmm. in, but do it the next time, maybe 50% or even 25% and then mm-hmm. inch up because it is no pain all gain. Just know right. this is, this should feel good. Right. And if they go to a place where they don't feel good afterwards, they're in the wrong place. In the wrong place. I love that. I love that. I love it. So tell everyone where to find you and your amazing yoga programs, Mindy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yogamovesms.org is where they can find me. Mm -hmm. And I, we do have a great team of teachers and they can email me. I am always open to emailing or they can message me on Facebook, of course, or Instagram and it's Mindy, M-I-N-D-Y, at yogamovesms.org. Um, I do have these like adaptive yoga cards in the book. So if someone is more, that would be where they could start too. But I don't suggest it. There are people though, you know, who are really want to see the pictures and they want to read the instructions before mm-hmm. doing it. So mm-hmm. if that's the kind of learner that you are, I kind of was that way too, like to grasp something. I mm-hmm. had to know everything about it before I felt like I knew anything. Yeah. Um, that's a possibility, but we, um, just look at, you know, something simple. These adaptive yoga cards can be a way too, um, and they're on my website, but really I think the best place to start is with a foundations class and, Mm -hmm. and we call it ask the yogi, like come and just ask questions, Mm -hmm. like make yourself more comfortable. So Mindy at Yoga Moves MS. Um, they can text me. My number's on the site. I'm very easy to get a hold of. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your expertise. And I know that so many people have gotten lots of things. I see the comments populating that people are, you know, uh, loving the information. And thank you so much for coming to spend time with me thank on Brain so Chat. Much. Thank you so much. I mean, and so namaste. This is actually like a hand mudra. We didn't talk about hand mudras. Mm -hmm. But one of the benefits of namaste and putting your palms together is to balance out the right and left hemispheres of the brain. Mm -hmm. I love it. What better way, right? Like this is yoga. Breathe and put your palms together. So I really, really honor and appreciate you, Dr. Mitzi. You are amazing. Um, you call yourself the nerdy neurologist, but you are, I am honored that you asked me to be on here and that we could share the benefits of yoga together. Absolutely. It is my pleasure as well. All right. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. We will see you in two weeks. Same bat time, same bat channel. Have a great <laughs> night, everyone. Bye-bye.